it's just something unique about the people who love the red and the white. And T.R. Miller is about continuing the legacy of greatness and the tradition of excellence. Tonight, we are joined by head coach of the Tigers, Coach Brent Hubbard, as we talk about the biggest game of the year every year. This is Tiger Talk. and gentlemen, Detroit Webb. I'm Michael Floyd, and tonight we are joined by the head coach of the TRML Tigers, Coach Brent Hubbard. Before we dive into Coach Brent Hubbard, because I know a lot of minds are inquiring about many things to hear from Coach Hubbard, but let's do this first. First of all, happy Halloween to all of you if you're out there getting candy. Um, don't get too much candy. You know, we want everybody to become a diabetic, but happy Halloween. Uh, have fun. Bundle up. It's kind of chilly out there. Um, but happy Halloween to all that celebrate this holiday. And it is the last day of October, which means it is the last day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But Breast Cancer Awareness does not end on October 31st. It continues on November 1st and so on. The best way to defeat cancer is early detection. So if you are in the age range, go get te tested because your chances of beating cancer, any types of cancer, are greater if you detect it early. So here at Powerhouse Sports, we celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we are here on Halloween night for Tiger Talk. I love me some Tiger Talk. I grew up listening to Tiger Talk, and now I'm glad to be a host of one of the many versions of Tiger Talk with Coach Brent Hubbard. Coach, thank you for joining us tonight. Good. Glad to be here. I appreciate y'all having me. And Coach, obviously, we're going to start off Last week, obviously, we're not going to dwell on it because it's time to move on. But your, your, your team fell in overtime to St. Michael's Catholic. A controversial ending, kind of within a frenzy across the whole state. But, Coach, just take us through all as much as you want to what transpired, your response, your response that you received from anybody at the association. I'm just going to give the floor to you. Well, I think, uh, you know, the video speaks for itself. I'm not going to get into that. Um, you know, every, you know, there's a, there's a two, three sides to every story. Uh, my side, the other side, or your side, my side, and the truth. And, uh, you know, videos right there. Um, uh, I think, uh, we've, we've had a, you know, there's nothing you can do about uh, a win or a loss. We've had, uh, a great deal of support on from our side. Uh, I think the association, 
the athletic association, the uh, officials association. I think they they've had some video conferencing and some meeting, and uh, I can kind of you know uh, what we've been told is uh, you know the, that there was never an official call made. Although in the video you can see uh, someone signaling an inning, and we've talked to our kids and asked, you know, uh, because we were on the visitor sideline, we want to know, and you know, we see what happened and transpired on the video, and their reaction would not have been the way it was if the guy, if, if we had the signal. Uh, if you watch the video, the young, the the official at the pylon uh, never signals. Uh, he has the the more clear view. Uh, so I think in a conference, uh, he decides that he thought that the uh, catch was made, and uh, he was the the young he was the official that made that final decision, uh, not the white hat. Uh, from our understanding, he made the call that the, he thought he had possession of the ball, and uh, so they signaled touchdown, and uh, and that's how we that's how we end up where we're at right now. So, and coach. After something like that, what was what was your message to your guys after the game on Friday night? Well, I mean, you know, our message is, is you know, we could have definitely were, were upset. We're mad. We're ill. We're irritated. We feel cheated. And, and we could have done it a million different ways, but we still feel, uh, you know, uh, the message is, this is it's a ball game. We want to win. Uh, and, and like I said, and if it's the worst thing that happens in your life, losing that ball game, you've been cheated. You're probably going to get cheated a lot more times in life or feel cheated. A uh, lot, lot more uh, things that can happen to you a lot worse that you're going to have to overcome. Uh, you know, you hear, I hear the stories all the time about Bear Bryant's messages to his players and things, you know, uh, when you when you come home and you, 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 your house, you're being evicted, your wife left you, uh, you lost your job, you know, what you going to do? I mean, it can be a whole lot worse than losing a ball game uh, in overtime. And, Coach, I know we had uh, spoke about it, but um, as an alumni, and I'm going to be biased, I was told I had to be, uh, unbiased tonight, so I'm going to work on that. But as an alumni Terminal High School, I do appreciate um, just your your whole team's response after that. Uh, not just myself, but the entire city of Bruton is glad to have you at the helm and to see your response on Friday night uh, was just A plus, A plus plus. Uh, Detroit, anything on this before we uh, continue on? No, I think you pretty much covered. I just I want to commend you, Coach, for the response, how you had. I seen that on your uh, page and all, and just how you guys handled the situation. And hey, you know, I know you guys are going to fight back strong. I mean, that's just the T.R. Miller way. And uh, I feel like this is going to be a motivation factor for you guys as well going forward. Appreciate it. Thank you. And Coach, last time we had you on, I think it was the Jackson week. Obviously, you failed that week to Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's failed to Jackson. And then you got on the road, Orange Beach, Bayside, at Morissette, Suma. Then, of course, last week. Um, how did you get your team back on track after the, the loss after Jackson, saying, hey, guys, you know, we got some more opportunities ahead of us to make some noise in this region? You know, we saw a lot of positives in a, in a 35-7 loss. I know that's hard to believe. But we did see a lot of positive. We, you know, we take the opening drive. I think we go maybe 12 plays in six or seven minutes and stall out at the eight. 
uh, you know, felt real good about that. We moved the ball. They scored. We answered and scored. Uh, so, you know, we, we thought we did a lot of positives. Uh, we didn't really tackle well. Uh, but, uh, you know, we went back to work and, and, and made some things happen on the, on the defensive side and, and began to play a little bit better uh, and, and reeled off some wins. And, and Coach, you did that indeed. Went on a four-game winning streak. I'm going to say five, but a four-game winning streak. Um, and then uh, this week you have the Battle of Murder Creek. Um, what players have do you think have st- have stepped up to the plate since that loss to Jackson? I'm going to be absolutely honest, and I know this is a coach speed type answer, but we got 60 of them. Because 60 of them had to respond. And 60 of them had to change the way they approached every day. Uh, 60 of them had to change how how they came into the weight room, how they came to practice, how they prepared, how they practiced. And all 60 of them did that. And I and I, I commend them for that. And, and 10 coaches. Uh, we had some things we had to adjust. Uh, you know, we're not going to sit here and take beatings like that, we hope. So, uh, you know, there were some things that we had to go back and, and, and you know, uh, have a little pride and say, hey, we can't do this. We got to we got to make this a little simpler. We got to do these things. Uh, we got to make sure we're playing football. And uh, I think the entire the, the staff and, and, and every one of the kids uh, bought into that. And, and I think the level of energy, level of excitement of practice, preparation and everything changed. And and, and, and I thought we even after that, we struggled a little bit the first week at Orange Beach uh, right after that. Uh, because you're trying to get over some emotional deals. and uh, But I think after that, we started hitting on a, a few good cylinders and, and pumping away on both sides of the ball. Uh, Detroit, you got a question? Yeah, Coach, uh, you've played a lot of big games on the road this year. I know you had Jackson at home, but, you know, talk about like Bayside going in there. It's always a, a real tough job to win a game at Bayside. Uh, they're always really good. They have a good home crowd, but – just talk about how your team has faced, you know, or overcome adversity on the road this year and some big games, much like Bayside, and, you know, really had a chance, should have probably won the other night. Just talk about those away games, the adversity you guys face and overcoming those away games. We, you know, we talk a lot about traveling, and uh, we make it a, an important deal about doing things a certain way on travel and your preparation the day of and everything and how you approach those things. And, you know, one thing that we say in the offseason is you better be able to play on the road because the state championship's on the road. Uh, you don't play it at home anymore. So uh, somebody that's really good on the road is going to win the state championship because that's where they're going to be playing. And they're going to have to play sometime in the playoffs when it really matters. Uh, so uh, going back, I, I mean, I to kind of ask you to run the ball extremely well, Mike. Uh, um, J.R. Jernigan has done a really good job on our offensive line. Brody Anthony, uh, you know, that's two seniors and a junior. Brody uh, didn't play a whole lot. He was a spot player last year, and he's come in and done a really good job at our tight end position. Uh, Our whole offensive line, because it's kind of been uh, put together this week, put together we had some injuries early. Uh, You know, we thought we were going to have a bunch back, and – and ended up with not as many. Got some guys got to play both ways. Stephen Lane, Tony McBrayer, some of those guys. Uh, Ashton Madge a little undersized, but gets the job done. Those guys up front. Uh, 
hey, and I mean, there's not enough really you can say about our quarterback. He's steady and makes plays every week. Nate Commander, I mean, he uh, he's shown that he can, he can do it with his legs when he has to, uh, with some packages that we have for him, and then throwing the ball. Uh, and when we start talking about our receivers, you know, here, here's the thing. Another reason I said 60, I don't – I think for us to be a really good football team and win on any given Friday night, it's a plethora of people that stand out. When we get our stats on a Saturday morning and eight people caught a pass, uh, I mean, I get excited about that stuff. Uh, you know, we may have one back or two backs or three backs, but – you throw the ball, seven or eight people have catches, and then the next week you have seven or eight people, but one or two from the week before not even on. Uh, so I, I get excited about that on the offense side. Defense, you know, we try to put our best 11 out there on defense that can get the job done, and we let them play. If they're going to rest, they have to rest on offense. And, uh, you know, Kavaris Bell uh, and, and Eli Hubbard have led us in tackles week in and week out. And, Hey, one of them's 150 and the other one's 160 pounds, respectively. And, I mean, it's pretty impressive to watch those two guys run around and make tackles. Uh, secondary's been pretty solid. Uh, Scooter, uh, Christopher Williams, I think four or five picks. I don't know how many. He scored more defensive touchdowns than half of our offensive backfield stuff. So, uh, just by scooping scores and, and pick sixes. So, uh, we've had a lot. But the, when, we're, when we're good, it's because – 60 people are good. And, Coach, as we talk about those 60 people, I know many have uh, offers to play at the next level. I know recently um, Miles Johnson, who isn't able to play this year as of now, um, committed to the University of Alabama. Uh, how, how big is that for your program and also having other kids uh, who have these offers? How, how big is that for the Tiana oh, football big. program? Well, uh, you know, Having having a guy, you know, an SEC caliber player, you know, I can't wait to see how hungry he is next year. Uh, that first day out there, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, I told our kids yesterday, I said, you know, this guy, I, you hurt. How bad do you think this guy hurts after Friday night? Uh, you know, and he was sitting there, and uh, you know, but he's done a tremendous job. He's every day he's at practice. Uh, I catch him every Thursday for. People that don't know, every Thursday, Miles wears his helmet to practice. Uh, and that just, uh, for a coach like me who's a borderline old school guy, uh, I get kind of excited about that when I see him walk out there with that helmet on. And uh, so, uh, you know, and then the other guys, you know, you get we're getting some guys with some getting a little bit of attention now. If their academics come on, then uh, they're going to have more opportunities. So, uh it's good with success comes those type of things, and that's obvious in any program. And we look forward to um, seeing the rest of these guys get continue to get get offers, uh, get their first offer, and then commit to play uh, on the second level. Um, but coach, as, as you know, sometimes uh, getting to the second level is not easy, um, and it's really it's hard when you get there. Um, so, what is your message to the to the 60 that are still trying to uh, work their way into getting an offer uh, to play at the next level? Well, you need to, you need to be realistic about your goals and dreams. That's for sure. And you need to be realistic about the level that you make and play on. You need to decide, you know, uh, it's not, it's not a game at that level. It's not a game at the junior college level. 
it's not a game at Division Two. Uh, I've had guys that play those at those levels come in and speak to the guys that uh, have have aspirations of playing on those levels, and they tell them, if you think D two's just like D one, then you're mistaken, because of the transfer portal, every level is the same. Uh, they're loaded. All those D two schools are loaded with D one players because they're looking for playing time, and uh, you need to understand it's a job. It's an everyday deal. And it's really hard on every single level. And Detroit, you have anything else before we go into the big game of the week? No, well, we can go ahead and go to the big game of the week. I'm well, good. well, it is bigger than the Iron Bowl, more intense than the Super Bowl, voted the best rivalry in the state of Alabama. Two communities divided by a creek. T.R. Miller High School and W.S. Near Blue Eagles, the Battle of Murder Creek. Coach, coming from Maplesville, going all the way back, coming from Maplesville, you've been a part of big games. But what was your first Battle of Murder Creek like? Like, you you, you were here, like, Maplesville is 1A, 2A in that area, in that span. But you got to see the best rivalry in the state. What was your first thoughts when you first coached this rivalry game? My first thoughts were when, when I had a uh, welcoming reception in the media center to high school, and I'm not sure – who the elderly lady was, looked down at my wife's toenails and told her we don't wear blue at T.R. Miller. <laughs> uh, I said, oh, my goodness. Uh, this is crazy. And uh, so that was uh, that was pretty intense there. Uh, so, uh, you know, I knew right then we better be ready to play uh, that last week of the season. And, uh, so it was pretty, pretty intense uh, going over, uh, going over the bridge the first time. Uh, it was pretty cool, cool experience. Had a few fans out there. Stadium, you know, it get crowded in there. It's like the, you know, but I think Coach Fountain said it last night. Back in the eighties and nineties, it was like that on every level at every big game in the state of Alabama. High school football was what people did. Our society is so hurried and rushed now, and I hear people say, "Oh, it's not like it used to be." Well, it's it's not just it's not just here. It's everywhere. It's like that. And it's just uh, your bigger cities, obviously, are going to have more people because there's more people there. Uh, but everybody's rushing in a hurry. But uh, if some people would just stop every once in a while on a Friday night and go watch a high school football game, they're going to see a lot of kids having a lot of fun. Uh, when you get your band, you get your cheerleaders, you get those student sections. Uh, it's still going on. Uh, you know, you just got to get out and see it. Uh, Detroit. Coach, you know, talking about that big rivalry this week, of course, you've played in some big ones. You know, I can recall, I think, the first time I seen you coach or, or at a game, y'all were in the playoffs, if you correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I went to a game over where y'all played Linden, and y'all had a guy, I think he was number one. I want to say he was committed to Mississippi State at the time, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember the kid's name, but y'all went over there to Linden and won a big game. I was almost say it was like close to quarterfinals maybe. Uh, it was a cold night over there, and I just remember that game sticking out to me that night. You guys have beat Mint Linden. Do you remember that game? I don't remember what year that would have been. but Nathaniel Watson, he actually led yeah. the uh, – he was the defensive player of the week the week before last. Uh, he plays number 14, plays inside linebacker from Mississippi State right now. I graduated Lynette. Uh, you know, Lynette Valley uh, is one of – it's, I think, 85 separates those two. Uh, the uh, – I-85 separates. That's a big one. Uh, 
you know, growing up as a kid, Oxford Welburn, uh, when I was a, when I was just a little kid growing up, Coach Burgess was the head coach at Oxford High School. My dad was on the staff there. Oxford Welburn, Oxford Aniston, uh, Bridges and Little Creeks uh, separated those games. Uh, there, you know, every every section has theirs, but the one that you hear about all over the state of Alabama, growing up in a coach's house like I did, was the Battle of Murder Creek. Uh, so, you know, obviously it's it's pretty dang big. Yeah. Coach, also I want to ask you, you know, I, you don't have to address your players. They know what week it is. I mean, it's a huge game, Battle of Murder Creek. But as a coach, what do you do to maybe not let them buy so much into that big rivalry? You know, there's still the game plan of, hey, we got to execute. How do you get the players in an execute mind level, you know, rather than just playing, I guess, off that hype where they, they know it's a big game? How do you handle that situation as far as them executing Sticking to the game plan. Well, as a head coach right now at T.R. Miller today, we're on an emotional roller coaster. Uh, Friday, Friday, Friday's had an effect on us a little bit. So, you know, yesterday was a kind of let's get the cobwebs and let's get rid of that stuff and let's talk about it. And it was kind of a re re kind of start today where we were probably, you know, we were on a little roller coaster out at practice. But I think uh, knowing the kids that we have, knowing how they respond, there's no doubt in my mind tomorrow, you know, we'll finish. They're going to finish the deal. They're going to come in and they're going to work their tail off and they're going to be ready to play. And, Coach, and you know, we've already established it and we talked about it before, um, but getting through this week, um, getting to Friday might seem like a tall challenge because of what has happened on this past Friday, but – Today, how did you like today? What did you see from your team on the field that was better than yesterday? I thought, uh, you know, defensively, I thought game plan knowledge, uh, being where they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to do as far as defensively, offensively, we uh, we threw and caught the ball well, which takes some concentration when you know, hey, that weather was the first day that chill was out there at practice, too. So it's like, hey, they're they're sitting there. With that wind blowing a little cold. So uh, that was that first day out there for that. Then you get them young guys wondering, I could be home hitting hot chocolate, getting dressed ready to go with Halloween, uh, doing a little trick-or-treating. But your older guys are ready to rock and roll and get practice done. So, Yes, that 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 uh, cold front is swiftly moving in. Um, as a coach, I mean, when I was a manager, you know, we had the heaters on the sideline. And, you know, I never knew, like, how weather, cold weather really played a part in a game. But like, does that change? Does cold weather change anything the way you prep for a game on a Friday? Uh, Michael, I see. I see. I'm 52. When I was 30, I go out there in shorts and short sleeves. But so, yeah. Now, at 52, it changes my preparation. You see what I got on. I got a hoodie, sweatpants, and it seems like that blood got a little more thin. And I'm cold. I used to not bother me, but, heck, I was cold today. But, no, I think our kids, heck, you got football players going to go out there, real football players, they don't care. They're going to go out there. They'll go out there with nothing on and be ready to rock, you know. Uh, So uh, we gave them a little leeway today that first day. They can put some sleeves on. Uh, you know, tomorrow they'll be full pads. They'll be they'll be fine. And uh, some of them work today. And coach, before we get deeper into the game, uh, 
this rivalry shows and displays two of the best fan bases in all of high school sports, uh, David Hill and T.R. Miller, T.R. Miller's who we're talking about tonight, um, how the fans have really rallied behind your team. They have traveled this year, and we're looking forward to, looking forward to them traveling on Friday. How has the fans been to you and your program this season? I think uh, after the start of the season, uh, once we get to rolling, you know they come out. They want to see. They want to see people that win, lose, or draw that are giving everything they got. Everybody likes to see a team play with some relentless effort, uh, knowing they're gonna make mistakes. They may not win. Uh, it's just like Friday night. Come up a little short, but uh, if you couldn't be proud, you know, definitely we don't like giving up 55 points. Okay, well they don't like giving up 54, uh, but. The never quitting and every chance that we had a chance or an opportunity for us to lay down and go on in the dressing room and be done, we found something else and fought back. And uh, heck, everybody loves a team like that. Uh, you know, they're fun to watch. They play hard. They get after it. Uh, you know, I'd encourage them all of Bruton and T.R. Miller fan base. Uh, you know, these kids. These kids deserve to see like it was in the 80s and 90s. Uh, everybody around here talks about it and uh, talks about how big and it, well, let's make it where you can't walk in there. Let's make it where there's no room in that stadium and, and let them get a piece of that atmosphere. Let's see how much fun we can have. And I am on board with you yesterday, uh, on board with you right now, coaching yesterday. Um, I challenged the Neil fans, and tonight I'm going to challenge the T.R. Miller fans. Let's sell out Buddy Taylor Stadium over there in East Bruton. You can buy advanced tickets at T.R. Miller High School, some businesses around Bruton, and at the W.S. Neal High School in East Bruton. Buy those advanced tickets so you don't have to pay a waiting line at the gate when you first get there on Friday. Let's sell it out. Look, kickoff is supposed to be in the mid-60s to upper-50s, so bundle up. Because I don't know when leaving early because they were cold. Come prepared. And we are um, looking for – I don't know what the attendance record is for Battle of Murder Creek, but I'm pretty sure with the excitement around both programs this season, it can be broken. And I'm challenging both fans to help break it on Friday night. Coach, W.S. Neal, obviously this is not the W.S. Neal team you've played the last past Two, two, three years. Um, they've been through three coaches. Now they're here on Coach Fountain. Coach, what does game planning look like for WS Neal this week? Oh, you know, they've got two two explosive guys in the backfield. Uh, actually, three count receiver they run some stuff with. Uh, so, you know, you definitely got to try to limit. They're going to have big plays, but you got to limit them. Uh, limit them as, as much as possible. And then somehow, you know, offense could be your best defense if you can somehow keep those guys off the field some uh, and not turn the ball over and be solid in your kicking game. And as, as we've as we've discussed it and as we turn the page onto this game, um, I, I know you've had to address your players, but also I think sometimes head coaches have to address their staffs as well. Uh, so what has your message to your staff been this week, uh, getting ready for the Battle of Murder Creek? Yeah, well, we started on Sunday in this. Guys, you know what this game is. Uh, that's pretty much all I need to say. Uh, we've got three guys on the staff that played in it, so they know how important it is. So uh, 
and the rest of these guys have been here and been in it. So, uh, you know, that's a big game. Uh, with the tiebreaker situation, it's even bigger for us. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we've got we got a lot at stake and a lot on the line for us. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, and we're back with Coach Brent Hubbard of the Tiamuna Tigers. This is Tiger Talk. back here on Tiger Talk, the powerhouse sports version of Tiger Talk with Coach Brent Hubbard. Coach, I think the crew just left me at it tonight, I guess, because they know how much I love my Tigers, but that's okay. We're going to talk about those Tigers. Um, but, Coach, this season so far, you're right here. I have it in front of me. This this season so far, you're sitting there, you're 6-3, and three, um, and you're, you're still going to the playoffs regardless of the result. You do want to win on Friday night, but regardless of the result, you are in the playoffs. So I guess the question, nobody's going to be looking ahead this week, but how do you address this game and then, I guess, prepare your team for the playoffs for next well, we, week? We can't really prepare for the playoffs because we have no clue who we're going to play or where we're playing at because because of this game. Uh, you know, our seniors would love to walk back out here in Bruton Municipal and play again. Uh, well, we got to win this game if you want to do that to assure one of those. Uh, you know, it's a possible that you could still be the two seed. Uh, a loss, you could end up in Jacksonville, or you could end up in uh, Hanley, uh, just depending on other games across the state. So, you know, there's a little more at stake. So that's that's another thing that makes it a little bit more important. And, Coach, I know, I know Andrew sent me the breakdown. I'm not sure if you know, but do you know how winning uh, affects you on Friday night for the playoff picture? Well, from what we can figure looking out, I don't even remember what number the tiebreaker is. I have it somewhere. Uh, tiebreaker, I don't know, seven. In. I have no clue. Anyway, it's uh, the your, opponent, your defeated opponent's number of victories. And um, so if you don't beat somebody in non-region, so you know, like losing to UMS hurts. Uh, St. Michael's beats Chickasaw. Chickasaw has five wins, so they got five points. So, so you know, basically just like that. So, uh, you know, uh, with us a win, the W.S. Neal wins, the wins from Hillcrest would outnumber St. Michael's and Bayside's number of wins, even if Bayside wins and gets ACAs. Uh, if we lose ACA, I don't know. We could end up second, third, or fourth. Uh, put it that way. Right. And then if that doesn't work, it comes down to a coin flip. Uh, that That's going to work. There's no way that's a tie. Okay. All, right. going, all those scenarios, are that they will break it. Right. Once, yes, the, once the second seed is decided, the other two teams go head-to-head. So. Okay. Yes, sir. One of them will have the most wins and have the most points and will be second. Coach, a message to uh, – and you've already addressed it, but a message to not only – if you're in the locker room on Friday night, 
Um, and if the fans were in the locker room on a Friday night, what would your message be to them before the Battle of Murder Creek? You know, uh, there's a lot of people that's come before you that have laid it on the line for the, for the red and the white, and they've done it with great character, great, great class, and they've done it with relentless effort and, and a big heart. And uh, that's exactly what I expect you to do when you walk out this door. And, Coach, we are excited for the Battle of Murder Creek on Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Brent Hubbard of the T.R. Miller Tigers joined us tonight on the Powerhouse Sports version of Tiger Talk. As always, go Big Red. I said go Big Blue last night, so I'm going to say go Big Red tonight. Um, and as always, here at Powerhouse Sports, uh, the last day of October, but it just doesn't end here. It continues moving forward, celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, the best way to defeat cancer is early detection, so go get checked and detect it early. It will be an exciting game over there in East Bruton, Alabama, on Friday night. Challenging all the Miller fans, the Neil fans, let's set out the stadium. Let's give both of these schools a big uh, atmosphere that they have never seen before. And let's remind people across the state why the Battle of Murder Creek is the best rivalry in the state of Alabama. I'm Michael Floyd. That's Coach Brent Hubbard. Thank you for watching Tiger Talk on the Powerhouse Sports Network. Go Tigers!